don't even want to think about where I would be without the grace of God. I'm so thankful for his mercy and his grace. I'm so thankful that he's faithful. And I just, you can't say anything but thanks. And it seems kind of shallow at times. But without his grace, I can tell you I wouldn't be right here. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your spirit that's in this place. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done this morning. But Lord, we believe and praise you already for what you're going to do tonight. And I just pray that you would uh, anoint our ear to hear your word. Anoint our hearts to receive. Lord, I ask for those that are watching my live stream, Lord, that you would just move in their midst, wherever they may be, wherever they find themselves. Those that may watch this, Lord, they don't know you as Lord and Savior, that they come to accept you before it's too late. Lord, I pray that you bless the tithe and offerings that we receive. Lord, let us be good stewards of what you blessed us with. Lord, we thank you. I pray you bless those that give, those that even cannot, Lord. I just praise you. We thank you and give you glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Summer's gone. Or just kidding. That looks nothing like summer. sit down there see how long they play but then I thought man I bet you guys online think our church is a mile long but it's it's really not um, but anyway it's good to be here tonight it was a wonderful service this morning if you missed it you missed it but you can go back and watch it but there's nothing like uh, being in person you can't replicate the uh, I don't I hate to use the word atmosphere but uh, that, that's what it was uh, this morning it was it was wonderful. Uh, tonight, if you pray to have your word, we're going to start in Genesis. We're going to end in Corinthians, but uh, we're not going to read everything between the two. You have to excuse me. I got to wipe my glasses off because I see nothing but a glare because I don't clean my glasses like I'm supposed to. But, uh, we'll just get contacts next time so I don't have to worry about these things. Um, I have obviously been preaching a series. On distracted, and uh, we become distracted with many things. We've talked about a lot of things. We we talked about uh, Martha and Mary and being distracted with being busy. Uh, we talked about Noah not being distracted. We we've we've uh, hit a lot of things. We spoke this morning on the two distracted sons, but the focused father. And tonight, I want to minister and and, and using for a subject or a title, if that's your kind of thing. Who's arguing? And who's witnessing? Because sometimes we can be so distracted with proving ourselves right that our witness turns into an argument. <laughs> um, but, you know, we have to be careful. We have to be mindful. And I can tell you, I, I've said this over and over and over, Facebook, uh, whatever the other ones are, I don't know what they're called, MeWe, PeeWe, Rumble, TikTok, hip-hop, all those things. That's not the place for you to be arguing. I just can guarantee you that because you're not doing anything. Um, but anyway, uh, we're, we're trying to prove something. We're, we're trying to uh, prove that we're right. And I've said before, once you do, if you do, then what? Then what? What, what, what does it, you, I guess you may get some kind of gratification out of it. I'm not sure, but once you prove that, then, then what? It's about pointing them to Christ. It's about sharing the love of Christ. They're, people are trying so hard to prove that they're right. Again, their witness turns into an 
argument. So this is the position that a lot of believers take, but they even take it maybe even unknowingly. They don't even realize they're doing what they're doing. So uh, we, we try and we, we strive and we desire to share our faith and we want people to fall in love with Christ, but I can tell you, you've got to give them something to fall in love with. Because a lot of people, their representation of who Christ is, is not very lovable. Uh, I'm just going to be quite honest with you. Sometimes it's, it's just not very lovable. I know that we're people. I know that we all have our flaws. And Jason told me I couldn't preach in tennis shoes. And I said, you watch me. Uh, I, I wore shoes in tennis shoes in a long time. But um, normally it's cowboy boots. I figured I'd give my boots a break and try on something different. But we, we, we want, we want our, our representation of Christ to be Christ-like. Hello, we're Christians, right? The term Christian is to be Christ-like. We want to be like Christ. So we take this approach in, that we've got to do this or to do that or to prove this or to prove that to get someone to believe. Believe what? Believe your argument? Or believe of the, within the Christ that's in you? Because I can tell you, if you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, they're not drawn, you're not that good, I'm not that good, they're not drawn to me, they're not drawn to Summer, they're not drawn to Jason, they're not drawn to Dennis, they're not drawn to Ashton, they're drawn to the Jesus that's in us. If we'll allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us, we won't have to argue anything, we won't have to prove anything, all we got to do is give them what they're being drawn to, Jesus. So we, we, we have to give them something to fall in life, to allow them to see the liberty, the freedom that's in our life, to see the victory that's in our life, to see the Jesus that's in us. But oftentimes we, or our witness uh, in times of sharing, again, it turns into that argument, and, and it goes from sharing the gospel to arguing the gospel. Trying to prove something, don't even, I mean, really, arguing about things that, Why? getting to theological debates. And I'm going to tell you right now, the, the person that is at the end of their rope and, and, and contemplating taking their life, they don't care who Cain married. <laughs> can, I mean, can we just be real? I mean, if, if, I, if I prove to you and, and explain to you who Cain married, because I've asked, been asked this question, I'm like, what in the world is this question about? What good is it going to do your soul? Oh, he took a lady from the land of Noah. Oh, okay. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to run down and lay at the altar. It's, it's, we're having these theological debates and these debates about things that in, in, in reality is never going to draw anyone closer to the Lord or point them to the direction. It's going to point them to your status and how smart and intelligent you are. So you go to Genesis 2, I should go there, and I will, Genesis 2, verse 25, that's right before Genesis chapter 3, this is talking about Adam and Eve, and they were both naked, <laughs> the man and his wife, and they weren't ashamed. I, I can just tell you a, 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 a kind of a, don't worry, I'm, I'm going to keep it safe. <laughs> It ain't about me, so don't worry. <laughs> I've already blown it. Let's just move on. <laughs> Good Lord Jesus, help me. Is my head red? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> we were in Bible class, and uh, or not Bible class, Bible college, um, you know, because I was intelligent. <laughs> but anyway, the, the, the question came up, and we were talking and discussing Adam and Eve, and we were discussing the fall of man, and, and the question came up, why would Adam not have stopped her? Why wouldn't he have stopped her? Why, I mean, why would he? It would have been so simple. And, and, of course, one of the guys, he was kind of a cut-up like myself. He said, duh, she was naked. <laughs> and, of course, people got all offended and tore up, and, uh, you know, but they weren't ashamed. <laughs> So there's your comedy for tonight. But anyway, golly, I shouldn't even went there, but I did. But 
But they were not ashamed because sin had not entered the world. Sin had not come into the world. He didn't look at that as a lustful or, or, or anyone would have done that because sin had not entered the world. There was no shame, again, because there was no sin. So, but then there was the fall. You go to the next chapter, chapter 3. <coughs> then the fall came, and, and in verses 6 through 13 of Genesis chapter 3, it says, And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the tree uh, to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord call, God called unto Adam and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. The Lord God said to the woman, Who is it that, uh, What is it that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Adam and Eve were trying to prove to God it wasn't their fault. In essence, God, it's your fault, because you allowed the serpent to be here to trick me. Adam said, the woman that you gave me, it's your fault. They were trying to argue and prove a point to cover up their folly, their sin, their fall. So the argument of the people is not a new thing. The arguments of life is nothing new. And it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. So you want to talk about conviction, we've all felt that. We've all felt the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and honestly, I can say sometimes we may not even feel it enough. Or if we do, we've learned to push it away. We've learned to ignore it because sometimes people just become numb. Numb to the drawing power of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16 and verse 8, it says, And when he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, is come, he will reprove the world, or Christ, uh, uh, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He will convict the world of sin. It's the Holy Spirit's position and his job to convict, not ours. We're trying to preach, preach people into, we call it conviction. He preached me under the conviction. No, he preached condemnation. I don't know about you, but when I was young, they used to preach so hard, I'd be like, I'm going to go down to the altar, so they'll shut up. <laughs> I know you, you would never do that. I mean, I'm just, even if you come to the altar right now, I'm, I'm throwing something at you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we, we, we place ourselves in the position of the Holy Spirit because we want to feel like, man, I have laid it out there. I got up on my hind legs and, woo, let them have it. And that, listen, there are times the Lord impresses upon your heart or he's dealing with you and the delivery may be uh, extravagant it may be loud and boisterous and and all of those things but if it's led by the holy spirit it's not you convicting anybody it's the holy spirit drawing drawing people to him what we are to do is preach the word and that's it as my friend says that's it that's all Nothing more. We like to make it complex. We like to make it so complicated because we want to feel good about ourselves. Because we've been distracted by winning people over to the Lord by winning an argument or proving a point. 
it's, it's not, it's, there is so much, who can fix? It's the Holy Spirit. Before Adam and Eve were naked, they, they were naked, but they were not ashamed. They sinned. They hid themselves. They, they were trying to cover their nakedness in society, in the world, i.e. outside of Christ and Him crucified, outside of the salvation of God. People are trying to hide, cover their nakedness, their sin and shame in whichever way, shape or form it may come. Because they're not proud of it, but they've learned to mask it so well and to blame everything else. Why? 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 Because we're ashamed. In Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, and, and I hit this uh, when I was talking about Noah quickly, but I'm going to go back to it. It says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them. And he called their name Adam in the day they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and he begat son, a son, and we know that son was called Seth, in his own likeness and after his image, called his name Seth. People say all the time, we're created in the image of God. We are, but we're, we're made in the likeness of man. Sin, sinful nature, that sin nature is in our hearts. Why? Because of the fall. Because... They gave in to the lust of the eye or the flesh and the pride of life. But once they did, they didn't, they didn't immediately desire to make things right. They desired to cover it up and to argue. I'm going to tell you right now, we've got some hard-headed kids. And I love them dearly. But we have some that I don't know if the Lord called them to preach the gospel or be a lawyer, defense lawyer. <laughs> They'd be good at either one. I mean, I'm just telling you. But, but, but they, they, they argue, they were, they were trying to hide, to mask, to cover it up. We're all descendants of Adam, so understanding how Adam responded to conviction, understanding that we are sinful by nature, understanding how Adam, who was created by God, he breathed life into his nostril, understanding how Adam responded to conviction, we should not be shocked and surprised at how people without Christ who has never known him respond. We shouldn't. Two things will happen when the person's convicted. They're going to seek God for forgiveness or they're going to try to squirm their way out of guilt. But we think, and I, I, I praise God for his, his wisdom. I thank the Lord that I'm not who I was three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago. Thank God that I'm certainly not the pastor I was when I came here in August of 2013. Because I didn't have a clue. I still don't have a clue. But if the Holy Spirit is working and drawing, why does he need me to come up here and say, Hey! Come on. Come on down. The price is right or whatever. I, you know. If, if... Think of this, I've said this the last two weeks. If one can push away, tune out, and, re, and disregard the drawing of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, that power that broke the chains of, and broke the bondage of sin, that power that, that's the same power, it all works in unity, that spoke creation into existence, the same power that gave Christ peace on Calvary's cross, that same power that rolled the stone away, if they can resist that drawing power, what makes them think that you're going to convince somebody to do something? And we become offended. I can't, I preach my heart out. I mean, I've been spraying with chloroseptic for three days because I can't talk right. And they didn't respond. We make it about us. Again, you, you, you pastors, you in the ministry, or you that feel like a, a drawing into the ministry, there'll be times that they look at you like you have uh, 15 different heads. I see it all the time. Because I say some st stupid stuff. But you cannot allow the response of people to, 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 to dictate the power and effectiveness of the word. Because his word says, it will not return void. So if you give them the word, if you give them God's word, 
in his word alone, not your opinion, not your twist, not, not anything but God's word, then you can bet it will return. You can bet it's doing what it's supposed to do. So why are, they, why are we surprised when people try to hide and cover their shame? Adam tried to cover his nakedness. So did Eve. They ran, they hid from God, then, then Adam blamed Eve, and, but really he blamed God. And we're shocked. The woman whom you gave me, oh, it's God's fault. It's God's fault for the decision we make. Right? God, why would you let me put these pounds back on? Well, because you've been eating cheeseburgers and cheesecake and cheese doodles and cheese kebabs. <laughs> Do they make cheese kebabs? Do they? We should grill cheese kebabs. That would be awesome. I love cheese, but uh, anyway. Next barbecue, I'm going to make some cheese kebabs, mozzarella cheese kebabs. <laughs> and if you don't like them, this is fine. But anyway, people try to cover up their sin, their shame. They try to blame God for their decisions. This morning I said, a lot of people say, well, I've had a good run of bad luck. <laughs> You've had a good run of bad decisions. <laughs> but you're trying to blame it on bad luck. No, it's your fault. If I go out and buy $300 worth of scratch-off tickets, because this says top prize is whatever, $10 million dollars, First of all, do you think that you're going to buy something for a dollar and your chances are at least one in a hundred gazillion to win three dollars or ten dollars? But if I keep doing this and I can't pay my bills and I can't give to the Lord and I can't feed my family and then I blame God, why is my money run out? Well, maybe because you were trying to increase the educational system. That really is not increasing the educational system. Listen, your witness is not, I want to make this very clear, your witness is not an argument. <laughs> Bless God, you're going to believe like I do, even if you don't. Get out! Don't get out. It's okay if we differ. We are different. You're well-reserved and well-mannered and I ain't even close. <laughs> but that's okay. But your witness is not an argument. You ever seen? I mean, like, I don't, I don't. People, um, they, their, their intent, I'm not judging their intent. But they look like they're mad at everything. Trying to prove they're right. And if you don't get it, you're on your way to H-E double hockey sticks. Hell, for those that are spelling challenged. That's, that's what we, I mean, really? This is where we've come to as the church. We've, we've become so consumed with winning people to the Lord that we forgot we are to be a witness, Acts 1 and 8, to be a witness, and we've turned to arguing. That's why I ask, who's witnessing and who's arguing? There's a difference. So understand why people react the way they do. And when you understand why people react the way they do, then the argument will be taken away. I don't have anything to argue about. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to leave. That's it. How do people hide? They become very busy. Oh, brother, I'm busy. I can't do that. I'm sorry. I wish I could help you, but I'm sorry. I'm busy. What are you doing? I'm, I'm watching corn grow. <laughs> it ain't even growing season. I'm watching it being packed in the bag to grow. I'm just busy. How, how, they, even they even become busy in church. I'm going to come in. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to shake everybody's hand. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to smile. And I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to just become busy, and if, they, if I'm busy, then they think everything's okay, and I'm just going to hide behind my busyness. I talked about being distracted with being busy. We just become a part of the machine. I, I have been attached to the, to the spindle. Now I'm just a part of the machinery. I'm just busy. Look at me, but don't look at me. 
you know, if I do the good things, it'll help me cover up my shame. Nobody will ever know. Maybe, maybe that's true, but the one who does know is the one who matters. You know, I mean, listen, man, we typically, and I'm, please, I'm not knocking, but typically on a Wednesday and a Sunday night, that's the core of the church, whatever local body that may be. That's, that's the, and I know there's people that are missing because of different reasons. But we understand that we've been in church, been a part of a church service, the system a little I talked about this morning, long enough that we know what to do when we walk in. Brother Matt, how you doing? Woo, blessed and highly favored. Brother, how you? Great! Hallelujah. Let's go sit down. God's good. All the time. All the time. We know it, right? I'm blessed and highly favored, brother. Woo! Jesus is on the throne. He's coming soon. I'm ready to go. We all know this stuff. And we should. But think about what you were saying. Think about why we are blessed and why we are highly favored. It ain't because of us. It's because of Christ in us. We, we, we become busy. We, we, come, we, we hide behind the things. And, and Satan is, is the master of deceit. And also the master of confusion. So the crazy questions like I just referred to a while ago will come up. Who was Cain's wife? Rebecca. I mean, I don't know her name. She heals a zeal or something. I don't know. What does it matter? But why does the question come? To divert your attention? Because I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit will direct your path. No doubt about it. And if he's directed your path to an individual, there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit's been preparing that individual's heart to receive. Don't think Satan's not working either. And when that encounter happens, and when you began to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, old Satan will throw a curveball in there. I used to tell my kids all the time, especially Noah. Noah could eat a curveball for lunch. Just loved him. And if I saw him coming, I'd be like, wait. It's coming. Why? To get your attention off the real issue and just put it somewhere else. Now you're now you went from pointing to Christ and Him crucified to answering a question that don't really matter. Well, brother, I don't know. Let me just Google that. Well, just give me a few minutes. Just hold up, and then you walked away and you'd have been distracted with answering a question that don't matter. Satan don't care where your focus is. It's as long as it's not on Christ and Him crucified. As long as it's not on the finished work of Christ. Why? Because where shame, that's where shame was born. That's where guilt was taken away. That's where the penalty of sin was broken and paid for. So by getting sidetracked and suckered into an argument, the escape plan worked and it could very well end in tragedy. If we don't recognize... And listen to the Holy Spirit. I've been in conversation very recently with somebody, and I'm not going to mention the name. Very recent. And the questions were coming from left field and right field and center field and all over the place. Trying to dance around the issue. And thank God for the Holy Spirit because He would, he would check my spirit every time. I said, let's get back to the topic. Let me stop you right there. Let's get back to the topic. Uh, it, it, don't, it don't matter it, who, who wore the helmet and space balls. Let's get back to the topic. That, I mean, this is like that far out there. Let's get back to the topic. Because the Holy Spirit's convicting the heart. The Holy Spirit is drawing. And the enemy is putting mess in your way. Trying to keep you from getting to where he the Holy Spirit is drawing you to. And if we as believers, if we get so sidetracked, I can't believe you said there are many ways. They don't know the Lord. We become so tore up. Brother, the Bible says, God, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then it does say that. But they don't know. They don't know. 
so we become operative in the love of Christ through the leading of the Holy Spirit to not get caught up in an argument. Adam blamed God and Eve, and Eve blamed Satan. The devil made me do it. Anything to deny personal responsibility. People want to blame. It's not my fault. The church is full of hypocrites. And I've said it before. Good. Come on. You'll fit right in. It's all right. You'll be right home. Guilt's like the, the, the pain of loneliness and, and you want someone to suffer with you so you drag somebody else down. That's the pleasure of slander, gossip in the church. That's, that's, sometimes, <laughs> that's sometimes that's a danger of taking a vocal or verbal prayer request <laughs> because not all saints of God understand it's not gossip time, it's prayer request time. Because, you know, pray for Dalton because I saw him out there throwing hands with his brother. Didn't want to tell his daddy. Pray his daddy takes it well. Because when he finds out, whew. But this is what we do. I didn't see Dalton and Sam out fighting. I saw Dalton threaten to kill Sam. I did not. <laughs> I did see him out there with samurai sword and something about if you don't get out of my way, but I stopped listening. But we, we have to be wise about the leading of the Holy Spirit. So Adam blamed Eve and, 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 and Eve blamed the devil. And, and again, we, anything we can do to remove the personal responsibility. But as a Christian, that excuse is not available. There is no excuse. The excuse was taken away at Calvary's cross. Why? Romans 6 and 14 answers and tells us, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Meaning what? You were a, a, what they call those puppets on the strings? Marionettes. I was going to say mandolin, I knew it wasn't right. Marionettes. This is what you were, and the devil with the puppet master, making you move and do all that he wanted you to do. But when you said yes to Jesus, he not only took the hands of the devil off, he cut the strings that were attached. Come on, somebody. We don't have an excuse. We don't have it. People are in denial. Denial is a reaction to guilt. An unbeliever, it's, it's, it's like that severe burn, that, that severe burn patient who refuses to look in the mirror. When they need a surgery, they need a skin graft, and all they want to do is put aloe on it. I, I had a, a, a nasty accident on a dirt bike when I was 19 years old and nearly took my life. And I had to have a skin graft. And, and it's still a, a gross looking scar. But I think, man, <laughs> I wonder what it would look like if I just put aloe on it. It'd be rough. Because I, I was like, Dad, I'm be, I might, Dad, just wash it up. It'll heal up. But this is, the, this is the denial that we as, as people are in when we want to put Band-Aids on something that needs precision surgery. And the surgeon's hand is not your hand. It's God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. John 3.19 tells us that men loved darkness. Loved darkness. They loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were and are evil. Love it. People are shocked. I can't believe they would do that. Why are they doing that? Because they love it. They love it. Their conscience has become seared. They love what they're doing. How could they do it? People want to remain in sin. Why? Why did Adam and Eve eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? They wanted to be in charge. The very same reason that Christians argue their point. Because I want to be in charge. I want to be right. I want to prove to you that I, whatever. John 16, 8 said what? 
Who's going to convict? The Holy Spirit. Not you. You turn on the GPS and, and, and it tells you every turn to take on the highway. Tells you every way to go. Tells you all these things to, to get to your destination. But does it make you do it? I mean, I you know, you ever had it on? I have it on for, I'm going to be honest with you, I have it on because it tells me where the police are. <laughs> no. 99% of the time, it's not because I don't know where I'm going. It just tells me where the police are. And God forgive me. Because we talked about it Tuesday. The speed limit is just something tough for me. I, I'm, I think it's eight, 88 instead of 55. I just see an extra loop. I don't know what it is. But anyway, the GPS never makes me turn or, or take the direction. It's given it to me. And if I take, if I pass my turn, it corrects me to get me back on course. But if I keep ignoring it, it will keep correcting me. And it will tell me how much time I've added, how much, how much, uh, 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 whatever, however much longer it's going to take me to get there because I ignored the direction of the GPS. Because I know better. Sometimes when I'm coming back from Yakoville, sometimes I'll go straight down 77 and hit 150 and come on over. That's the fastest way unless there's traffic, unless they're working. And it's been, they've been working since I was three on 77. So I'll go down 40. And I know the I-40 six minutes longer. But I won't correct the GPS. I'll just let it correct me eventually. Because it adds six minutes to my destination, but then it tells me to get off at this exit, do a U-turn, this exit, do a U-turn, this exit, do a U-turn, this exit, do a U-turn. And finally it tells me to get off this exit and take a left. But it's still getting me to my destination. The, the point of all of this is that it, makes us, it doesn't make us do anything. It's our obligation to listen to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't get to your destination, if you don't get someone else to the destination that he desires, it's not his fault. It's yours. It's mine. Because we've... The Lord, listen how beautiful... The, this is how, how we mess stuff up. The Lord works things in absolutely marvelous ways. He sets up the encounter between Terrence and myself. Never met in our lives. I'm some boneheaded goon that needs Jesus. And Terrence is coming to share the gospel with me. And it starts out good. We're hitting it off. And I'm going to let you be the bad guy tonight, Terrence. Uh, it starts, we're we hitting it off and it's being good. And all of a sudden, I ask Terrence some stupid question. Like, why I won't come to your church? I bet y'all handle snakes. Because <laughs> y'all Pentecostal. And he... Drink straight time. Right in front of him. No, he don't. But then he gets offended because I say something stupid. And then he starts arguing. Then he blew the, the encounter that Christ set up. He didn't blow up, but he's, he's putting a wrinkle in the whole thing. That Christ, that the Holy Spirit has orchestrated. And he's prepared my heart to receive. But I'm not a Christian. I'm not a believer. So I'm going to ask all the dumb questions that make zero sense to get the attention off of me because I think it's about me. And I don't realize the Holy Spirit is trying to deliver me from me. But yet the believer doesn't recognize that and they get mad and the witnessing encounter turns into an argument. And I leave mad. So does he. So have we prayed, even today, that your kingdom come, your will be done? Have we asked that he would guide us because he is our shepherd? That he would lead us, and, we would, and he does lead us, but we would walk in the path that he has prepared before us so that the encounters that we have, that have been divinely ordained, that when we come to those places, that we will not mess it up by being us. But Lord, deliver me from me and let me be your mouthpiece today.
the Holy Spirit convicts. He, the Holy Spirit, not only works in and through the believer, but the non-believer as well. <coughs> it's the Holy Spirit that draws one to repentance. The Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't even be here. Oh, brother, yes, I would, because I am so saintly. No, you wouldn't. Without the drawing of the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't even be tuned in tonight. Because there's 10 million other things that you can find on Facebook or whatever you want to watch. But it's the guiding and leading and drawing of the Holy Spirit. He works in the believer and non-believer. What do you mean? Because he's placed in your heart to pull the trailer to wherever it may be. Let's say it's Daytona Beach, Florida. <laughs> hey, I want to go if you do. Can I go if he does? Sure. I'm pulling this here. <coughs> the Holy Spirit's led me here. Now I cannot get sidetracked by the, bis the bikes. Because it's bike week. I'm, I'm just using this bike week in Daytona. It'd be easy to do. But I got to stay focused. And I got to stay, stay, stay ready like the Father. Focused like the Father. To, to be able to break, break tradition. And, 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 and go if I have to to meet them. And to be ready to give them just Jesus. Nothing else. Not an argument. Not to prove anything. But just Jesus. He directs your path. He places it in your heart. And if you place it, listen, it's got to be him. If he, and, and I said the other week, I, I think he's calling somebody to plan a mission trip to Honolulu. But not, that's, I mean, if he does, <laughs> that's fantastic. I pray that he leads me to go with you, but. If he places it in your heart and he leads you to wherever it may be, Daytona, then he's also prepared people that's going to be there, their heart to receive. But it's our position and our privilege and honor to be not a bucket, but a channel that he flows through at that moment. To let the witness, for the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon us to be witnesses to the uttermost part, to be a witness for him and not win an argument, to just let them see Jesus. 1 John 3 and 10 says, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he who loves not his brother. So what are you saying? Quit trying to argue your point. And love your brother. Love your sister. And be not only a hearer of the word, but be a doer as well. It's okay to be tongue-tied. What, what do you mean? I don't, I don't know what to say. It's okay. Most didn't know what to say either. It means you have to 100% rely on the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, maybe you didn't do this, but when I was young, I'd be like, I, I just had some things that go on in school. I had one particular teacher that I just didn't really like, but some are loved. I didn't like her because she was a drill sergeant and I was a, a goon. But I, I'd be like, I'd practice speeches. Like, if she calls me out today, I'm laying it out. I just ah, had it all fired up. I walk in my head. I said, do this, do Jason, you got this. And I, and I would go in there and do, I would intentionally do stuff. And I would get so mad because that would be the day she didn't even care. I'm like, man. Trying to prepare myself and set myself up to make myself look good. And we go through and we rehearse this stuff and you got... You got people telling you, oh, listen, I, I believe in, in studying to show yourself approved. Please hear me. But we've got people practicing, pastors practicing performing on the platform. I gotta walk this way, talk to you for three seconds, and give you some eye contact, and uh, scan this side of the congregation. This is, they do this to make a performance when all you need is Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, I, there is no shame in me, and I ain't proud at all. <coughs> if God can use this, He can use anything. 
My mom was given a compliment from a man in Silva. And she didn't know if it was a compliment at the time, but it was. And this man had an issue with women preachers. And the Holy Spirit convicted his heart and, and began to speak to him. And he came to her after service and he said, Well, Sister Collins, the Lord did speak through a donkey in the Bible. I reckon he can speak through anybody. And it wasn't a slap. It was basically, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. I don't want to get in your way, Lord. I don't want to be anything that, 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 that uh, uh, harms or hinders the harvest. I don't, want to, I don't want to damage the crop. I want to be perfectly positioned in your will at the perfect time that you decide to help do whatever it may. If I'm just a waterer or if I'm a gatherer, I don't care, Lord. I just want to be a part of what you desire. So we need to quit trying to prove our point and love our brothers and sisters. And again, it's okay to be tongue-tied because we rely on the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith. You're not pleasing Him with your, your, your guitar-picking skills or, or your... If, uh, we, as far as I know, we only don't, don't have one person play tambourine. She can play it. That's Aaron. And I, she still ain't got tambourine shoes. If you're watching or will watch Aaron, we're going to order this for you. But this, this is not impressing the Lord. Without faith. I, I want to go somewhere just for a moment and I'm going to come back. Because we're talking about witness. I've told these that are on this platform, you are the second most visible people in this church. You are the second most visible people to the people that are online because you're here. They see you. And man, they don't, listen, if you drop a stick, they don't care. Because they weren't impressed by your drum skills anyway. Or if you strumming and a pick throws up across the, and hits Terrence in the eye while he's playing the piano. They might laugh, but they're not impressed by that anyway. They weren't drawn to you strumming. They were drawn by the Holy Spirit. Now the Lord can use you, and the Holy Spirit worked through you. But hear me clear. It's not us. Our identity is not in what we do. My identity is not that you are the pastor. That's some people thinks that that's my identity, that you're the pastor of Lakeside Church. My identity is in Christ Jesus, period. So without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So we're not to quit trying to prove our point and point people to the cross where victory has been afforded. It's not you who convicts. It's the Holy Spirit. Again, man, I preached him on it. I was, I was not, well, I was joking with Avon. He spoke at his grandmother's funeral, and that's quite an honor. And it's a privilege, and it's the perfect place to, to give a, an altar call for salvation because people are life and death right there in their face. And I was like, man, if you give them one of the old, whoa, 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 they'll come to the altar. <laughs> you ain't never seen somebody preach and get all crazy like that? Yeah, yeah. It's not us that's going to convict anybody or put them under the power of God. If I say in the beginning, from Genesis 1, 1, that's the power of God. That's the power of God. So it's not us who convicts, it's the Holy Spirit. We don't preach people under conviction. Sometimes they just respond, so we'll be quiet. I'm just going to be honest. Look, you're, you're living for Him and not you, or you should be. I'm living for Him, not me. I should be. Second uh, Corinthians 5 and 14. Senior, just you can come on. I'm, I'm winding down. We need a digital clock because I can't tell the analog time very good. I thought it was 6, 10. Right, I did not. Second Corinthians 5, 14 and 15 says, For the love of Christ constrains us. 
Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. The only way this is going to happen is that we seek the Lord and we ask for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. If you go on in 2 Corinthians 5 and you get to verse 20, it says, Now, uh, then we are ambassadors for Christ. I listened to a podcast by Michael Jakes talking about this. and uh, I, I don't often encourage people to listen to certain people, but I'm going to tell you, uh, it's a man of, man of God, and, 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 and I, don't, I don't have any reservations about telling you to, to tune into his podcast. But we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did uh, uh, beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's deed be you reconciled to God. We have the privilege to be a representative of Christ. But what are they seeing when they see you? What are, what are they seeing when they see you? Are they seeing the Christ in you? Or are they seeing some cocky, conceited Christian? And, and listen, I'm, please hear me. I'm not against preaching hell, fire, and brimstone because I preach it. But it has to be ministered in love. It has to be. Because without the love of Christ, I'm telling you, I would be probably, I would be one of two places, dead or in prison without the mercy and grace operating in my life. So, so, so what does it take to share the gospel to be an ambassador? What, what does it take to, to do that? If you flip quickly to, to 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, I, I'm trying to wind down. 6, verses 3 to, through 10. It says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred. I'm reading Genesis. Lord, I wasn't even close to 2 Corinthians. I was on the right chapter. <laughs> it says, giving no offense in anything. I was way in the wrong book. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience. And I want to tell you, you ministers of the gospel, you know what we're talking about. Patience. You need it. You have to have it. In affliction, in necessities, in distress, in stripes, in imprisonment, turmoils, in labors, in watching, in fasting, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true. As unknown and yet well known. Can I tell you right now, it don't matter if everybody in Facebook land knows your name or not. He does. He does. As dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. This is being an ambassador of Christ. Having nothing and yet possessing it all. You've got nothing to prove. Simply let God speak through you. Let Him work in you and through you by keeping your faith solely anchored in His finished work and denying self. And when self is out of the way, the argument will disappear. I want you to stand with me tonight.
We're coming into a time where uh, here in this part of the country, winter is in kind of full effect. And about from now to the first couple weeks in March is where we see our typically our worst winter weather. But I'm prepared for spring already. We're coming into a time where tomorrow, I told you, I'm dropping the trailer off to be to be uh, lettered and all of those things. And we're coming into a time where, where the church is going to come become mobile to be witnesses. But the church is already or should be already mobile. Because when you leave this place, you're a witness and ambassador for Christ, or you should be. Tomorrow morning when you have to go back into the system don't let the system rule that's why we don't like Mondays but don't worry about winning an argument just let them see Christ in you so I ask that question who's arguing and who's witnessing let them see and let them be won by the witness that's in you. If you feel drawn to come, spend some time at the altar seeking the Lord. If you need us to pray with you, we will gladly do so. If you're watching, you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior. I encourage you to make Him known. To, to, to confess Him as Lord and Savior. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's, there's no, there's, there's, just call on his name because you need him. If you're already drawn to him and you're in that place, you know that you need him and you repent, you ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me and, and wash me clean. And when you do that and you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your new name is written down in glory. That old man's gone. But if there's something you need to pray about, we'll gladly pray with you as they sing. But let us, Lakeside Church, let us be a witness for Him. Everywhere we go. Come as they sing tonight.
is faithful. And uh, you, you don't know who the Lord places in your path when those encounters happen. And uh, back in several, quite a few months ago, our paths crossed. Our kids call them the New Yorkers. But we love them, the Robin family. And uh, they're, they're moving back. It's been a joy spending time with your kids at our house. And I don't know what our kids are going to do. But that, that not only the Lord uh, connected us with Dave and Christine, and not only they connected us, but we know that that mileage won't separate that bond. So uh, I, I'm not going to embarrass you, but Summer, if you could, and maybe if a couple of women could just go around. I want to pray for you guys because I believe that the Lord has started a great thing and He's going to continue the best. But I want to I want to have special prayer for you and your family as y'all prepare to make the move back and. It's been a strenuous and trying time in you guys' lives, but you've been faithful, and he's faithful. So if, if you want to go back there, but if you'll just join with us in prayer, believing that the Lord is going to continue to move and use this family to reach whom they never thought would be reached. Lord, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the Robin family. Thank you for Dave, Christine, for Kylie, Kate, Jason. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to move in their lives and have your way. Lord, for all the things that have come against them. Lord, for all the, the reports that have come to them that just seem negative. Lord, we know that your hand has not been removed, that you are still in control. Lord, and I pray that you would give them not only traveling graces, but Lord, you've provided everything they've ever needed. And I pray that you would just open the doors, Lord, that they've cried for and continue to speak to and through them. Lord, that they be a mouthpiece for you. They be vessels that you pour through, a channel that you flow through, Lord. Lord, we thank you for connecting us to such great people and great friends. And I pray that you just bless this family immensely. Lord, and that we not uh, let time or let uh, space disconnect what you have put together. Lord, we praise you and thank you. We honor you. I pray that you would continue to use this church to be a light. We worship and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Tomorrow, more of you Mondays, somebody special speaking. I don't know who that special person is. But then Tuesday night prayer. And uh, Wednesday service, but we will see you guys. Love you. Be blessed.